In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. With me all the way from across the pond is Mr. Parascience himself, Mr. Stephen Parsons. Good afternoon, Ron. Are you well? Oh, well, you know, better than nothing. Have you seen all... Have you been watching our weather forecast over here? No, not at all. No, uh, we've got your tropical storm has come, come our way now. We're all drowning under three foot of water. Good, good, good. Better you than me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. You've been out sunbathing, I guess. So is that Cal's excuse for not being here? I don't know where he is. Uh, I, I've no idea. I haven't heard from him. So you're as surprised as I am to discover he's not here. He needs a handler. Oh, wait a minute, he has one. I take that back. <laughs> he needs something. Yeah, anyway, so uh, anything exciting since the last time we talked? Well, funnily enough, you can... Hang on, if I put it near the microphone. Uh, we've just taken delivery of our uh, highly modified uh, full-spectrum uh, camera um, because we want yeah. to have a look at... We want to have a look at all of these myths and legends and folklore that's springing up around full spectrum so uh, we had we had one of our cameras converted and it came back home today so uh, there you go i'm excited so am i haven't i've just finished charging up half an hour ago we get to play with it later <laughs> really you know what i just ordered and i know you'll be super impressed is I just ordered three of the Ghost Pro, Ghost Detector Pros. Yeah, I, I, I saw you put a link onto them, didn't you? Was it on Facebook, I think I saw? Um, they look very interesting, if slightly um, bizarre. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, they're, the, uh, they're clear, and they have, uh, they're a combination of an EMF meter and a K2 meter. I thought K2 was an EMF meter. <laughs> sort of. Have you seen the new ones, though? They've got little uh, little inbuilt LED torches and all sorts of other things. Oh, in those them. are the malmeters. The malmeters yeah. are the malmeter. The is, is you're, you're, uh, you know, you're on the verge of real equipment. You reckon? Yeah, you are. Because, I mean, they do, you know, they get the K-type uh, probe on your, uh, for uh, temperature, which is great. You know, I mean... Uh, so many people running around with those stupid infrared thermometers that it drives me nuts. 
Um, but anyways, uh, and it has the, you know, a, a fairly good EMF meter on it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a fairly quali- quality meter as far as I'm concerned. It's like I said, from the verge of scientific uh, instrument anyways. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've handled one. Um, really? I, I have. They're well, they're well built, but, uh, you know, I, you know me, I question their usefulness. So, uh, yeah, we have to differ. on the show that, that's very similar to you and you are thinking. Uh, yeah, Roy, uh, should we introduce him? Yeah, uh, let me just mention that you are listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on TojiNet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond with uh, Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick and the missing Cal Cooper. So yeah, Missing Link. Yeah, the missing Ooh, that's a good name for a mink. <laughs> psychologist to the missing link. That's yeah, I'll definitely do that. Okay, done deal. No problem. So introduce our guest, uh Okay, I'm pleased to introduce a guy from the north of England, Roy Wilcock, uh from Manchester. Uh home of uh, very famous bands like New Order and the Smiths. Uh, Roy's been an investigator for more than 10 years, but he spends his... I'm, I'm down in the south of Wales. Roy predominantly does his investigations in the north of Wales. So, uh, Boradar, Roy. Hi, good evening. And good, and good afternoon, uh, Ronald. Yeah, the evening's good. You know, I go into a UK uh, mindset. You know, it's evening as far as I can see. I picture the darkness around me. Yeah, it's pitch black here now, and, and yeah. like Steve said before, it's absolutely pouring down. Well, that's good. We don't have to wash the car that way. <laughs> so, oh, so, Roy, so I mean, you're, you're a paranormal investigator for 10 years, so what got you into paranormal investigating? I mean, you watched Most Haunted, got really excited, and ran out and bought a K2 meter or something? Um, I, I've always had an interest uh, many years before I actually started um, investigating, uh, reading lots of books, um, and then it, I had an experience, I won't go too much into the experience, um, that sort of like said, oh, what was that? And I, and I questioned what I saw, um, so I went looking around, um, particularly in the Manchester area, uh, for a group to actually join and ask questions, basically. Uh, and I did come across a group and spent a number of years um, investigating and researching. Um, I left them and went on to Pastors News uh, to North Wales and joined another group as a further my study. Okay. And uh, what's, do you have any, any type of uh, a background as far as uh, scientific or... I mean, what is your background, I should say? That's the best way of putting it down. Um, background, um, again, I, I went in with coffee. I didn't, you know, didn't know any techniques um, <laughs> regarding to investigations or um, use of equipment. So basically, um, I learned myself using um, different equipment, um, different techniques, uh, when going to research locations, and I've taken it from there basically. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I understand you were also a skeptic, though, but you said you had an experience. How can you be a skeptic and still, uh, you know, if you've experienced something? I, I don't know, it seems like a paradox. 
Um, I wouldn't call myself an out-and-out sceptic, no. Um, I'm, I'm an investigator through and through. Uh, I look at two sides of the coin, basically. Uh, I look at it from the sceptic and I look at it from the, the believer's side, you know, and, and I come in the middle. And uh, basically, what I try and do is try and think outside the box um, regarding the two ways. And, and I try to um, basically conclude um, basically what, what's happening or what I've supposedly happened. Yes. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hello. Yeah, I, yeah, you're both, yeah, you're both. You're both absolutely loud and clear. Well, that was weird. You just stopped. You just died on me, which is strange. Anyways, um, it's all the rain. It's all the rain up, up north. It, it's yeah, yeah. Oh, it's uh, quite bad up here. Actually, you know, when I said uh, when you you spoke about Roy being a skeptic, what what Roy certainly does is he's one for asking challenging questions, um, and certainly. He's not afraid of, you know, uh, if he, he's, he's, uh, he works with an investigator called Sheena and the two of them, I know Roy, you have quite strong views on, uh, the ethics of investigations, um, you know, and the, the sort of, uh, the approaches of some investigation teams and groups. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's. That's one of my big, yeah, you're quite right there, Steve. Um, it's one of my big issues with regard to um, how um, particular groups in the UK, I don't know if it affects the same in, in, the, in the USA, but particularly in the UK um, is how they, they conduct them. Um, I could go on and on and on. Uh, a lot on, more then than rant the away, rant away. That what we, as to what, how... Um, my personal opinion, anyway, um, as to how groups are conducting investigation techniques as well. You know, um, I'll just say one thing here is that we, I'm seeing, I don't know if you're seeing this as well, Steve, is the amount of groups that are changing their from paranormal investigators to being psychic investigators or psychic researchers. Um, one minute they're investigating um, phenomena of ghostly sightings, and next minute they're talking to him. Uh, well, that's true, but the other thing know. as well. Wait a minute, but that's, you know, that's not necessarily uh, a bad thing, I, I believe, anyways. I mean, when I first started doing this many, many years ago, I was as psychic as a brick, and now I consider myself a dumb psychic, which means I don't try to work as a psychic, but... Things certainly come to me, and and they, on the the most part, for whatever reason, seem to be right. So I think that when you deal with the paranormal and work with the paranormal after years and years, you develop that your psychic ability. Say if if that thing even exists, does develop. Uh, I think that's, you know, I remember even working with Richard Felix, who, uh, you know, who does not consider him psychic in any way. He has he he's even mentioned in two times that things have happened to him that. Uh, you know, makes them think about it. So, in, in reality, especially it, if there's it's a TV camera that. nearby. What, Steve? I said, especially if there's a TV camera nearby. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I mean, Roy, Roy is 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 kind of making uh, a point because, yeah, and 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 I agree with both of you. Actually, there, I don't think there's actually a dilemma in in using. Um, 
psychics or mediums in terms of an investigation you know I, it's historically that's always been the case you know all of the the spr investigators uh, price and all of the others later all made full use of every available facility and that did include psychics but i think what roy's actually getting at is particularly over here in the uk mm-hmm. is that there is there is a, a paradigm shift in the way that investigations are done and and perhaps an overemphasis is being placed on the psychic um with a diminishing emphasis then being placed on the 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 data gathering and the objective stuff you know they 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 resort mainly you know ouija boards and shoving things around tables i can actually comment on that steve and 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 this is i'm just throwing this out there but is that perhaps because we're not getting anything uh, with the other things. Uh, we're not getting anything with meters. We're not getting anything with uh, regular procedures. The only way we can get anything is if we go back to the old ways of uh, psychic and ESP and the old divination thing. Is perhaps that's why it's going that way. Well, I think you've actually, you know, the, 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 there is there is some relevancy in what you're saying, Ron. Um, it's it's absolutely true that you know a lot of the pieces of equipment that people are using, K2 meters, uh, digital cameras, and stuff, they are just not gathering the evidence people are expecting from it, and so people will then more, I guess. turn towards the psychic side more in order to fulfill their desire or their expectation for for something yeah Um, but at the same time that if we look at equipment and we've had this conversation many times before in, in in actual terms of what we measure and what we're interested in measuring we're really only there to test the veracity of the original claimants the original witnesses so if they've heard something if they've if they've felt a temperature change they're the things we need to be using alongside uh, you know as part of the process but in terms of documented information from equipment um, I, as I've said all along, there is only one piece of equipment that has demonstrably shown uh, an abnormality, and that's t- uh, temperature. It was documented 100 years ago. It was documented in seances, within haunted locations, uh, using proper calibrated equipment. Um, and we still have these temperature anomalies going on today. Right. Um, so... I would say if you're going to take any piece of equipment on an investigation, take a camera, absolutely, and take lots of thermometers. The rest of the stuff, leave at home. So let's go back with Roy again. And uh, I kind of went off a tangent as I usually do. And Roy, I mean, you mentioned that about, uh, uh, you know, ghost groups changing into more psychic researches. Um, Do you think it's a bad thing? And or, or is that kind of like a snide remark in that, um, you just don't like their procedures, or you just don't believe in psychic research. I'm trying to trying to get what you, your point was in that. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with what Steve said. Um, I, I just want to get the point straight. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm not against people coming out with claims of psychic abilities and stuff like that. What I'm trying to say is, if they're coming out with these claims, then let's scientifically test them. Uh, Sheena, my uh, my colleague and partner, and she um, medium. She speaks to apparently um, people from the other side, um, but she's also scientific with it. Uh, so we have major discussions um, regarding to 
where's she hearing these where messages from? Are they a part of a neurological um, study that we need to be looking at, or whether it's you know an illness that that she may be having or coming along. So we have a lot of these discussions. And as like I say, I'm not against the use of them. What I want to do is, if, if they're going to say they're going to do, let's test them. I would love to be able to test a psychic medium. And the amount of mediums that I've asked to be tested, um, don't want to know. You know, when it comes to the old adage, uh, you must believe what we say is true. Roy, how would you, how would you, because th you, you, this is an area that's challenged parapsychology and psychical research for, well, since it founded, how would you actually devise uh, such tests for mediumship? What sort of tests do you have in mind that might be effective? Um, I, I would um, basically get, um, to measure their brainwave patterns um, when they're actually given these readings, uh, you, you use the brainwave, you know, uh, machines that you can get. Uh, I'd like to test them. I'd like to test their heart rate. I would like to test their blood pressure. Uh, I'd like to ask them a lot of medical questions, you know, that's, you know, they're allowed to give us that. And, and, and build up a database, you know, until we can, you know, at least, you know, have a graph and see what's going on, basically, you know, whether there is a pattern. Because, well, uh, Ron, over in the States, you had, um, uh, there was a very famous, she was originally a British medium, moved over to America, Eileen Garrett. Um, mm -hmm. And she, she, she was actually asking herself the same question. She was, a, she was a fantastic medium, but she wanted to know why she was a medium. And she set up the Parapsychological Foundation in order to further scientific research into mediumship and you know they've been at it since the 1940s and they've you know they right. haven't got very that, far that's that's the thing i wanted to say steve though is is how do we know how that any of that stuff is relevant 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 to what a medium is i mean blood uh, pressure may have no effect uh Heart rate, uh, temperature. I mean, that all could have nothing to do with our medium, medium mystic abilities. Uh, I, I, I absolutely don't, agree. Is, how can we measure it? Well, I absolutely agree. But I think what Roy's onto here is something that we don't also have, and that is we don't have any baseline information. Um, we simply don't know if there are any physiological changes during, uh, you know, during these uh, periods of mediumship. I, I'm, I'm not sure how it could. You know how we could actually attach somebody to, you know, because the old the medium's comeback is always well. You've taken me out of my comfort zone into into a lab and I can't perform. So if you stick them in a medical scanner and attach electrodes and nothing happens, then they'll throw the same argument back at your face. Um, but we don't have any baseline information. So wrong. You're absolutely spot on. It might not tell us anything, but we, you know, we. We don't have the information. We don't have the baseline. So it, it still might be worth doing. Mm -hmm. You know, even if, even, if, even if we make no discovery, even if we discover that nothing physical changes or physiological changes during trance, then at least we've, we've discovered that. But even, even that, and, and I want to bring it, and, and I, don't, I want to keep Roy in this conversation as well, is that even if we find out nothing changes, I mean, and we only do it one medium, that's certainly not a big enough pool to give us any information. 
we really have to do this on several mediums that we I mean, how do you measure mediumistic ability? I mean, some might be real good mediums. Some of them might think they're mediums. How we, how can we even possibly quantitatively identify someone's mediumistic ability in yet to even set up a baseline? The short answer is I absolutely don't know because it's not an area I've ever even looked into. But from my nursing background, I would well, say... Well, I mean, that- let's ask Roy. I mean, Roy's the one who brought this up, so... Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, the thing is, is that what uh, I, I was going back to the investigation side first, mm-hmm. um, and 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 it's like we're using, um, well, group sound anyway. Uh, I particularly using tools and instruments to to try and contact those people, um, and 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 actually asking them to come forward and to show themselves. Um, now we we have we have then actually one person that comes in and says, "Hey, hold on a minute, we're not going to use them. I can talk to them, yeah, and I can ask them to come forward and I can ask them to speak okay. now yeah, so there's there's a change from actually using equipment to actually somebody being a vocal vehicle for a spirit person. Mm-hmm. Now we, we can spend all night with all the all the instruments we've got and not have anything. And then yet we have one person that come along and said, Yeah, I'm speaking to the person that's in the corner. And they're telling me they've been here hundreds of years or fifty years or whatever. Now I think me personally, that person we need to do, you know, a study on. If we're not getting it from the, all that equipment, we need to get a study going on there. And like Steve said, you know, once we take them out of their comfort zone, they don't want to, you know, they, they full blank, that's it. And I think it should be a lot more I think done. some of them, Roy and, and Steve, I think some of them may be that way. And, and maybe those are the ones you have to be suspect about. But I know there are other mediums that are certainly will, you know, commit to any test. Uh, you know, I've, I've certainly loved to explore mediumship stability, and, and I've done all kinds of things. And I always tell them, just because you're, you don't come up with any positive things doesn't mean that you're not a medium. It's just for that particular thing, it just did not work. I mean, we don't have enough data. We don't totally understand the whole mediumship ability of people, and it, it's very difficult to measure. And and I think there are genuine mediums out there, and whatever that is, how they get their information. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There is probably, you know, you know, a certain percentage of mediums will be, you know, very good. And you know, I've spoken to a woman who uh, has given me a little snippet of a reading, and I thought she was actually very good. I don't know how she done it. You know, it's, it's still got me thinking how she done it. But I see, you know, if we can get some of these studies going on the mediumship and and the people that claim to be able to speak to spiritual people, then yeah, we'll we'll go a long way to understanding um when we go and visit locations where uh activity we go a little bit along a bit further along the line, I think. You know, instead of actually stopping dead and saying, right, you know, these groups coming along, listening to a medium and taking their word for it. Mm-hmm. You know, um and, and not getting back down to the real nitty-gritty part of investigation, which is the main thing. We need to know where, where the activity is happening, what time, uh, you know, and how often, and, and, and just studying that. 
you know, and I think with, uh, particularly what I've seen is they tend to go away from that. But, and, you know, we need to grab them back in. This is what you should be searching. It's not easy. We've been there. We've all done it, you know, but I think that's what we need to be doing. Can I, can I just bail in here and say, actually, guys, um, <laughs> all of this speculation about sticking mediums um, and sticking things to mediums were years behind. Um, the Russians be, uh, have been doing it for decades. Oh, and in April 1966, a Russian psychic, Karl Nikolaev, was uh, attached to a EEG machine and was conducting a... In fact, Nikolaev was the sender... Uh, for a series of telepathy experiments done within um, Leningrad's, uh, one of the, the uh, psychology departments at Leningrad University, as was the recipient. And uh, I, I'll quote directly from, from, the, uh, from the book. The graphs hummed and the computers waited, the scientists waited, isolated in the chamber in Moscow, Kamensky, the sender, began his telepathic transmission. Mm-hmm. Three seconds later, in Leningrad, the medium Nikolaev brainwave changed drastically. The Soviets had caught the moment when telepathy lights up in the brain. If the evidence holds, this is no mean feat and a first genuine breakthrough in the annals of psychic research. And, I mean, that's the first of... That's the first of literally dozens and dozens and dozens of psi experiments that have been conducted in Russia. Um, so, uh, Roy, it looks like um, you might have to go and speak to the Russians because they may have the information and, and the data that you're actually seeking. You know, you're saying you, know, you want I, to test the mediums. They may already have that information. You, you know, I actually uh, tried that experiment, right? Have you? Yeah. Uh, Maureen Wood, who uh, is a, she's a trans medium and, and I work with, you know, this is the first one that I really met and. I never believed in mediums at all when I first started this stuff. They were all charlatans. And uh, she totally convinced me that she was a real deal. But anyways, I worked with her for many years. So uh, I guess this is probably about three, maybe four years ago. Um, she was going in for a sleep study at uh, Boston Hospital. And, and I was uh, out on an investigation at the uh, Hooten Mansion in North Adams. And we determined at a pre-set time that I would do an experiment at the mansion and we would see if, uh, you know, that first of all, she could pick up anything. And second of all, if it would show up in the sleep study and it did and it did. She was able to pick up some stuff and there was definitely change in her in her uh, EKG and the other thing they were measuring. I forget what it was at the time. So, uh, in, in a way, uh, I, I've done that already. How about that? You, you, there you go. Um, we did something many, uh, back to about 2004, where we were in a haunted uh, Scottish castle, and we had one of the paranormal investigators linked to a brainwave EEG machine mm-hmm. um, for the duration of the investigation. Uh, the results were, were absolutely inconclusive, um, but made for interesting be- having somebody stuck there with 35 electrodes stuck on the head. Ouch. Um, <laughs> but certainly, I mean, this Russian, um, the book is actually side, Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain. It's quite an old book, but um, it does look like people have been doing this, Roy. So, uh, yep. <clears throat> the information might, might be, the truth might be out there. 
Well, I hear the beat, so that means we're going to have to take a, a break, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about this. Actually, when we come back, Steve and I had devised a little paranormal experiment that we're going to start next week. So we're going to do a dry run. So we'll be right back. You'll listen to Ghost Runners International right here on Tojanet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. We'll be right back up the following up. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsink. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in Ghost Chronicles, the next generation, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like, uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get so scared of one of these Cemetery Tripping things that uh, you'll have to get a new (laughs) co-host. I am brave beyond belief. Yeah, we'll see. scares me. So anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. Everything you heard about witches is true. Halloween is the time of year when the shades of the dead whisper from forgotten places and spirits walk among us. The witches of Salem, Massachusetts, honor this time with Festival of the Dead, an annual event series that explores death's macabre customs, heretical histories, and strange rituals. Founded by Salem witches, Sean Poirier, and Christian Day, and hosted by the foremost authorities on the spirit world, Festival of the Dead beckons guests to step through the veil 
sail into a mysterious realm where spirits await you. To learn more or to purchase tickets, visit festivalofthedead.com or call 978-740-9783. Happy Halloween! <laughs> back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Mr. Parascience, Steve Parsons, New England's humble Van Helsink, Ron Kolick, and our very special guest, skeptic and paranormal investigator, Roy Wilcox. So there you go. Speaking of uh, Festival of the Dead, uh, it's kicked off next week with the Witches Parade, which I will be riding in, believe it or not, because I do an event there every year for almost nine years now called Spectral Evidence as part of the Festival of the Dead in every Halloween. So there you go. Okay, are we still here, guys? Will? Hello, hello. Okay, Stephen? I'm here. Well, I'm quiet. What, what do you mean? It's like I, I, we die. No, I, I'm here. Okay. Steve, do you have your little dicey thingies? Yeah, but I just want to ask you a quick question. Do you wear a pointy hat in the parade? Uh, no, I wear a, I wear a topper. Ah. Uh, Top hat, dark I've just, I've just found out where Cal is. He's busy. I have no doubt about it. <laughs> no doubt about it. Anyways, uh, Steve, you have your, this is a, an experiment we're going to start officially next week, right? Yep. Uh, I have... Um, Four Zener dice. We're going to make it a little bit easier. Um, Why? And we're g- Why? <clears throat> All right, we'll throw five then. All right, we have five Zener dice. Yeah. And I'm going to throw them one at a time in sequence. Each dice has all of the uh, five Zener symbols on it. And I will uh, roll each dice in turn, and I will make a note of Well, the- first of all, you've got to explain what the Zener signals are for some of our listeners. Okay, uh, the Zener... The, the cards or the Zener symbols were invented uh, by uh, uh, Carl Zener who was working for the Ryan Institute and they were looking for symbols for using in ESP uh, card guessing uh, experiments and Zener came up with uh, five symbols, essentially a wavy line, a square a circle circle a cross and a star a cross and a star so they're the five Zener symbols. I only have uh, four. Sorry, which one did you miss out? Wavy Wait, line, uh, circle, square, cross, ah, square. Okay. Add square. Okay. Um, so we have, we have dice with those uh, symbols on. Okay, so there's five symbols. And are there, how many faces on, on a die? Uh, the dice actually have the five, so there are five-sided dice. There are five-sided dice. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, um, I will so, throw, are we going to so throw five? So we get five, five, five. So you threw five dice at once or one at a time? No, I'll, th- I'll throw, I'll throw one dice, uh, in sequence. So it'd be five. So this, you may get repeating patterns of sequences. So, okay. you know, it, it's perfectly possible. For example, you could get five exactly the same. Highly unlikely, but possible. Well, should we give it a go with dice number one? So, so wait a minute, wait a minute. Will, you there? Hello, I am, yeah. Roy. Okay. Roy. So, Will, do you know what we're going to do? Roy. <laughs> Will, Roy, whatever. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Roy. Um, 
Roy, Roy, you know what we're going to do, right? Yeah, I do, yeah. Okay. Will, will you take part in this from this little experiment we're doing right now? Um, I've got no psychic ability in my bones whatsoever. That's not a question. That's not an answer. <laughs> the answer is, will you do it? I mean, you just, you just, yeah, yeah. I'm, you just, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. they wouldn't step up. I mean, are you not going to step up? Is that what I'm hearing? No, no, I'll, I'll try. Yes, I'll ah, go, go. Let's go for that's it. Oh, that's all. So no so pressure. He, that no pressure into be, into participating there was there. No, none at all. <laughs> do it. I could very be. We're going to do this, and it's it's like I you tell should. everyone. It's not a matter of being right or wrong. It's just what it is. Yeah, you and should sell insurance from with the, with the, with a sales line like you've just come up with. You should be in, you should be selling insurance. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I used to sell luggage. That counts. <laughs> so. So you're going to throw the five dice, and after each dice, we're going to write down one of those yep. five symbols, right? But you're not going to That's tell it. us what it is until we're done with all until, the five. Until we're done. I'd also, if anybody in the chat rooms are also want to have a go, if they, they can type their answers into the chat rooms so we can give them a, uh, a real-time sort of feedback at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the show. Yeah, they can do that. That would, that would be, uh, yeah, very nice. And, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, there's no right, no wrong. This is just whatever. It's, it happens the way it happens. So it's an, a neat experiment. This is something we're going to try the whole month of October. Um, and we're going to give out uh, a prize just for entering uh, at the end of October. Right, Steve? That's it. Maybe we, haven't decided what, we haven't decided what the prize is yet. Yeah, one of Cal's crappy books. A Weekend with Cal Cooper. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> we want people to participate. <laughs> All right, so we've got five throws, right? Okay, I five, just put, five throws. I put one, two, three, four, five in a piece of paper now, and each you say, let us know when you throw the first dice, and you'll, then you'll hear them. You'll hear them go. So here, here goes dice one. That was dice number one. Dice uh -huh. number two. Dice number two. Number three. Number four. And finally, number five. Okay. Done. So do you know the, the order they came in, right, so you can see them, right? I've, I've got the order and the, the symbols that came out, so. Okay, and, and, and Roy, you, you've got yours, you know what your order is? Yeah, I do, yeah. Okay, so let's try it. Dice number one, what was it? Dice number one was Stop. wavy line. Okay, I had wavy line. You had wavy line. I did. Okay. I shouldn't Dice have said anything then. <laughs> That's right. Dice number two. Square. I had a cross. And the actual one was a circle. Okay. Dice number three. Star. Star also. And it was another wavy line. Ha, huh, interesting. We both had that. Odds are. Hmm. Go ahead. Circle. Four. I had another star. And the correct answer was a cross. Okay. And dice number five. I had a square. Wavy lines. Wavy lines. Square. 
and the correct fall of the dice was another cross. Interesting. So I got one out of the five. That was <clears> it. I've got I've got a guy in the chat room who's got uh, t- two. Is that two? One. Two? No, one, I think. Okay. Yeah, there's one in the chat room. He's got one. No, you've yeah. got two. No, Brian, Brian UK, you've got two. You've got a circle and a wavy line. You can't, you can't add up your own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what's interesting uh, on this experiment, and we're going to do this next week, and you, go, you have to submit your... your um, your results to us, right? We haven't determined. How yeah, we won't. Do. We won't be giving them out till the end of October. Right, and you won't know what the results were till the end of October. Um, everybody we, who at this is is going to. I mean, out of all the people that entered, we're going to definitely give a prize out. Maybe a couple of prizes. Who knows? Depends how benevolent I feel. Um, <laughs> but there's one thing I, I do want to mention, which was kind of funny with with Mayan. Um, uh, what's your name, Steve? Is yeah. that the first one, the wavy line, when you threw the dice, is when I wrote it down. All the other ones, those came to my head before you threw the dice. Uh, hang on, let's look at the sequence a minute. Let's just see if you're doing it. Um... No, no, I'm not. No, no, you're not. You're not. You're not. You're not one ahead of the dice for. No, no, no I'm not. No. But that's interesting because maybe that's something, and, and I'm going to try this, you know, because I can't see the dice either. I'm going to take part in this as well, and I'm going to see if uh, I will have to hold my thought, try to keep my head blank before the dice, I mean, while the dice is getting thrown. Because basically, I'm already thinking of what it's going to be before you even throw the dice. So that's how I came up with the uh, two through four, which happened to be wrong, and one happened to be right. I don't know what that means. But... It's just luck, probably, but uh, it's interesting. So I'm going to check that out next week. And and well, uh, Roy, uh, I guess you blanked, or did you get one on that? I did. I, I didn't get any. You didn't get any. Okay. So actually, no. well, actually, no, there's an interesting thing with that because if people consistently score less than chance, yeah, then uh, parapsychologists would actually uh, conclude that that's interesting because it's it's like sort of anti psi right and that right. that's been spotted before where people are consistently scoring very very badly as opposed to above chance people yeah we, we have a term for chance. those in the united states we call them losers <laughs> no <laughs> parapsychologists call them interesting interesting <laughs> because they are actually sort of it's sort of like anti psi right so, so that was interesting, and uh, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do that for the real time uh, uh, next, starting next week, right? That's it. All right. Um, so before we, I know we have a Beyond Bizarre coming up. Uh, let me see if that is ready. If the Beyond Bizarre is ready, then we can play that now. The presidential death cycle. Between 1840 and 1960, every U.S. president elected in a year ending in zero either died in office of natural causes or was assassinated. By contrast, 
since 1840, of the 29 presidents who were not elected in years ending with a zero, only one has died in office, and not one has been assassinated. The first president to die in office was William Henry Harrison, elected in 1840. Other victims were Abraham Lincoln, elected in 1860 and fatally shot in 1865, James Garfield, elected in 1880 and assassinated in 1881. William McKinley, re-elected in 1900 and fatally shot in 1901. Franklin Roosevelt, elected for the third time in 1940 and died in 1945. And John F. Kennedy, elected in 1960 and assassinated in 1963. Ronald Reagan, elected in 1980, was nearly the eighth victim. He was shot and badly wounded by John Hinckley in 1983. Astrologers insist that Reagan was exempted from the curse because 1980 included an astrological aberration. Jupiter and Saturn met in an air sign of Libra. They say whether or not the curse is actually over remains to be seen. The next potential victim will be the president elected in 2020. A freaky fact from Barla Ventura's The Book of the Bazaar. Is Viola. I love her voice. I dream of it at night. Anyways, that was Viola Ventura from Beyond Bazaar. I may marry her and she might become Viola Van Helsing. Anyways, let's get back to Roy. So, Roy, um, do you do you do events as well as uh, your paranormal investigating is? Um, no, um, I actually used to do events. Um, I don't do them anymore. Um, okay. I'm just based, um, just basically now uh, going around um, quietly, um, just investigation and research, and um, particularly areas of interest in, in North Wales. Uh, we've been doing for quite a number of years. Um, like I say, no events, and, and there's only a small um, few of us that actually do it, uh, go around and investigate. Okay. So, so when you go investigate, what what is the purpose of the investigation? Um, to collect as much information as possible uh, from witnesses, from the area itself, uh, and just collect data constantly. The, the, the amount of times that we go back. Uh, we we study a lot, so we we get, try and get answers from geologists, uh, meteorologists, um, and uh, collecting as much information as possible. Okay, but I mean, collecting information what is the ultimate goal of collecting the information? I mean, it's nice to just collect data, but it, you have to. Do yeah, something. it's 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 basically to try and establish a pattern. Uh, so maybe what's going on uh, in in the location? So we're, we're, we're trying to we're trying to find basically a pattern uh, that may be occurring uh, each time we go, and if there is any activity that, that does happen there, uh, which we document, and then we will see if there's this this pattern that could be that could be going on. So, do you understand what he's doing, Steve? Absolutely, and I, you know, I, I fully, I fully agree because what we don't know is, for example, what why is Building A haunted and Building B next door not haunted? Or on an estate, for example, you might have several hundred houses. Why is only one haunted? What is different about that house? 
And so by, by you know, looking at all of the different variables within the, the, the uh, natural environment, within the location, within the people, um, we might find some differences. And that might give us a clue as to sort of directions, um, might give us a clue about the nature of the haunting, about the nature of the phenomena being reported. We're, you know, so as the, we're dealing with you know, so many variables, so many unknowns. So it, it's more about the evidence than it is the conclusion of the haunting. In other words, it's, it's not important who haunts it, but what evidence we have why this place is haunted. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually more important about, um, you know, we can't even define a ghost, Ron. Uh, we don't actually know what one is. So, you know, we can't specifically say uh, that we've actually measured one. What we can say is that we've measured the location and that we've discovered that, for example, the, you know, the sound is different or the electromagnetic field is different or the geological, you know, uh, underlying surface is different or there's a thermal difference, uh, which might give us a clue as to what might be taking place, what might be causing people to have experiences. Okay, and uh, I understand we, we have a... Uh, well, it, it's interesting because this goes back to the old... Uh, the, the beginning of the show when we started talking about psychics. I mean, it, it, I imagine it, it depends why you are out there investigating. And you are investigating what is more important, the results... Are the evidence collected? I, I mean, that's kind of what you have to determine why you're doing it. Um, well, yeah, we, we. I mean, essentially, what why we why we go to a location at all is because somebody said that they've had an experience there, and right. you know, the primary the primary function of the investigator is to test the veracity of that claim, find out you know what sort of the nature of the experience, how it came about. Um, you know, you can't make a sudden link to the paranormal from a set of data. Um, it's also, I suppose, you know, how long do you measure stuff? I mean, uh, we've got an interesting question in the chat room that, that poses that exactly that. Uh, how long should we measure baselines? Um, you know, do we measure them over years, days, minutes, one night? Roy, um, you know, how long do you actually measure your da- this data, these baselines for? And that's for Brian, well, we, UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, I, I've been in a location for the past six, seven years. Um, I'm not saying we'll go down there every night uh, or go there every week. We try and, we try and go there in, in, in different Types of weather conditions, different types of you know the daytime, morning time, night times, in the middle of the night, I, and we're collecting this, we're collecting this data over a number of years from another you know a number of times in the daytime. So we're, we're trying to, um, what's what I'm trying to do is is is, is get this all this information and see see through it and see where right well somebody's had an experience at this time of the day and the weather was this time. Right, well, we'll put that to one side. Um, somebody else has been, we've not experienced anything. And then we're, we're trying to get there. And we're, we're trying to come down the line and try and find out, you know, what's the common denominator so when people are having experiences. Right, you know, is, it, then, is it... 
would there be any point in measuring the temperature at 3 a.m. when, for example, yeah, <clears throat> the, the person has only ever seen something at 4 p.m.? Surely it's only really worth measuring or starting the measurements from the known, from, you know, the witness saw something, had an experience at X o'clock. There's no use of you being there at Y o'clock, surely. Because Why? you're just going to get information. Well, aren't you just risking getting information that might not be relevant and then confusing yourself? Why? Well, you're sort of over-investigating, aren't you? No, I mean, it, ideally... If yeah, you I, to, go ahead, go ahead, Roy. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I understand that. Um, and, and again, we, we don't... I mean, me in particular, um, I, won't, I won't use the equipment unless it's quite necessary. And I think what you said before, you know, keep your, your maps at home and what... Because once you've done that main baseline for an area, you basically know what's going on. You know, you may have to do it two or three times. Uh, so, yeah, I quite agree with you there. You, you can over-investigate. Um, so what I tend to do then is, is, is basically look at these, the physiological changes uh, that are going on in the area. Um, yeah, you're quite right. Over-investigation can be too much, and you will get muddled up with the data through that. Yeah, I think, Ron, I, I, mean, I think I take my cue very much from, in terms of investigation, from archaeology. Um, for, you know, for some years I dabbled as an amateur archaeologist. And I, um, I love archaeology, by the way. We actually have so, uh, Brian. Uh, Brian UK is actually an archaeologist, but oh, really, oh, I love archaeology. Their the principle of work from the known into the unknown is absolutely sound when you apply it to paranormal investigation. Also, um, whereas working I, from I the unknown, that, by the way, but that's okay. You, you don't agree. I don't agree. Okay, so why 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 is why is that not a, not a bad principle? Well, you know, the problem is we don't have the data we really need. For instance, can a house be haunted if no one's in it? Yeah, but if we start off on the on the premise that we're measuring, you know, the unknown, yeah. then we can never we can never interpret the data. We have to start measuring the known, the the real actual variables for which calibrated equipment and standards exist. And then we from there we can progress into and it, it applies particularly with temperature, there are recorded temperature anomalies. Mm -hmm. Now Right. So what so ideally if you took a house, sealed it, loaded it, I mean, well, you know, loaded it with uh, sensors, uh, you know, data logs of temperature, whatever you want to look for, and, and sealed it up. And you analyze the data, uh, then you would see if there was anomalies at certain times, then we could introduce the human factor and see if there were, uh, is a correlation between paranormal activity that a person can sense and that which the instruments can sense. Um, well, in fact, Brian's again raising this this valuable point, and we're actually disagreeing because it's you can put as much equipment as you like and lock it in the building, but unless there's somebody there to say, "Hey, I just saw a ghost," mm -hmm. that that data is pretty meaningless. It just means that some uh, you know physical anomaly within the building, and quite quite famously, an experiment was done with a you know magnetic detector magnetic anomaly detector, uh, and they recorded a magnetic anomaly. Uh, but they did it in a locked-off, you know, sealed room, 
And when they came back, there was a blip on the chart. But, of course, it proved absolutely nothing. Um, no, it proved without that there was a, a magnetic anomaly at that time. Yeah, but it doesn't prove any link between the magnetic anomaly and a psychical experience, does it? If, if you also get that same anomaly during a psychic experiment, there may be a correlation. Yeah, exactly. So you need to have somebody there to say, hey, guys, I just saw a ghost at five minutes to nine. And on the magnetic anomaly strip chart at five minutes to nine, we have a blip. That's, now, that, that would be interesting. That would be significant. But doing it in a locked off room and coming back and no, going, oh, it, look, we've got it, it. It doesn't because you're introducing the human factor, which, you know, I mean, we, we sometimes see things that aren't there. Yes, so, but what we're, we're testing, Ron, is something called a paranormal experience. I'm uh-huh. And you have to have somebody to have that experience. Exactly. We're only, we that, are that's only why there I said because kidding. somebody is saw a, a is ghost. Is the house haunted if no one's in it? We don't yeah, know we, that. We don't, and we never... I don't think we can because, you know, we are, we are there because somebody has had an experience. There's no... It, it, if, you, don't, you don't investigate buildings where nobody's ever reported anything. Well, you shouldn't be anyway. Because you're there to test the claims of the witness. Uh, I don't know. But anyways, I understand the pizza's here, so it's time to wrap it up. And uh, <laughs> as, as always, we throw too many questions and not enough answers. So, uh, Roy, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, definitely interesting conversation. Uh, uh, I like what you do. Uh, but uh, it's, you know, not the only way of doing things. So it's kind of cool. Uh, thank you very much, Ron, for having me on the show. And thank you very much, Steve, as well. And um, it's a great pleasure to come on the show. It's a great pleasure to come on the show. And any other time you want to come, I'm free to add more. Well, I, you know, when you when you get some data collected and, and some correlations, I would be most interested in having you coming back on again, so that we can discuss some of what the questions we asked during the show and see if there is any evidence or a correlation between what we discussed. Especially if we get if you can get a medium hooked up to something. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll have to go and buy a Russian book now, Steve, and, and, and practice, my, practice my Russian. All right, mate. All right, there you go. Roy, thank you so much. We've been speaking with Roy Wilcox. Do you have a website or anything that you would like to promote? Or Yeah, um, thank you for everybody for listening. And, and, and like I say, um, that's all. And enjoy your investigation. Okay, there you go. Happy hunting. So, anyways, um, I guess that wraps it up. I, I've got a couple of neat events coming up. I have Victorian Secret Garden Seance coming at the uh, in Magnolia on October 13th, which is kind of cool. And that's a Victorian tea. And then we go underneath a hundred year old rhododendron plant with From a ghosties to ghosties. So, good night, Long God beasties and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us. Good Lord. This is Togi